Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. <laughs> so I just was telling Christy to get a good look at me today because I will not ever wear glasses after this day because I am getting the LASIK surgery in the morning. Whoop, I'm, whoop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a mental picture. Okay. She did it. <laughs> I hate wearing glasses every day. So when you have LASIK, you can't wear contacts for two weeks before your surgery because something about your eye shape. So I've had to wear glasses every day. And trying to work out in glasses, so dumb. Trying to wear a mask Mm-mm. with glasses, people, you guys should Mm-mm. have been rioting about this. <laughs> Like, they were. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you miss I it? I guess. I don't know. No, I feel like everyone was really like being such a trooper about it. Because, but it, you can't do it. There's like special spray that oh, they made special nice. spray for your glasses so that they would it prevent the fog. Well, I have there been in full fog for two weeks. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and even when without a mask while you're working out, I'm sure you were like fogging up. Like I, well, I, I just had to take my glasses. There's a reason off. why I. I couldn't see yeah, anything. I yeah. was working out literally blind. <laughs> it was so dumb. Because <laughs> they oh kept falling gosh. off and I'm like, they're going to break. Like, at one, they're going to yeah. break or chip or whatever. And ugh, anyway, I'm so excited. I don't know if I'm like, I think that's why they do that to you. They make you wear glasses. And so by the time the two weeks is up, you're like, I am definitely not canceling this. <laughs> like, I'm coming. Right. Yeah. You're getting all the money. Yeah. <laughs> I hate glasses. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the shape of your eye. They're just like, just don't wear, <laughs> yeah, don't wear your contacts because we need you to know. You. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited. Let's just tell them it's because of the shape. <laughs> so when this comes out, I will have had it done and I will be super, I will be Beth with the super site. I'm excited. <laughs> I'll t- Supervision. I'll tell you, but I'll, well, I'll talk about it on the Patreon. <laughs> how it goes i'll tell you my experience yeah so if you you gotta go join patreon if you haven't because we talk about funny things sometimes over there so so come do that sometimes we've only had two well they were (laughs) right (laughs) we're gonna try to do like at least once a month like a funny just to tell you what we're doing and about our lives what kind of shows we're watching and news we're reading mm-hmm. and books we're reading and stuff like that so it's funny so i'll tell you about my lasik experience after i have it <laughs> okay okay all right what's I'm going on with you i'm just... <clears throat> nothing i will be heading to new york tomorrow so i will be coming home from new york when this drops going to see hamilton yes. so with my middle guy mm-hmm yeah, we couldn't just see it here when it comes here. <laughs> we had to f- fly to New York. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a lucky dude. <laughs> I know. No, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Just hoping the stupid weather that we're having again. I feel like this was the last intro we did that I'm like, wow, why is this weather? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like that. It's weather again. Coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah angry. Angry. <laughs> horse voice. All right. <sighs> anyway, so that's Follow it. the news. But- Hamilton. It's going to be so yes. great. You should post. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. maybe I will. Yeah. 
I'll get I'll get permission. I'll get him to sign a, a release, and I'll post us at the. There you go. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. I have uh, anyway. I have a crime story for you for your Monday. If you're ready to hear it, I'm ready to tell it. I'm ready. I'm all the for doozy. It. Okay. Are you ready for this one? Well, I think so. I mean, you've been, you've told me it was crazy. So it's crazy. So um, it was suggested by Stacy, a listener. Stacy remembers seeing a documentary on this case. She doesn't have like a personal connection to it, but she saw a documentary and it stuck with her. And it is going to stick with me also because it is especially horrific. I mean, I know we do bad ones. This one's gross. So, have you? Did you hear of this before she suggested? No, I have not ever heard of this case, but you are definitely going to remember it and need to hold on to your pants. Okay. Because it's great. Also, there's sexual assault um, discussions. So, I'm just to warn people, I'll trigger it right before, but I just wanted people to know that's coming. Okay. So, this is the story of Jeffrey Wolf. And Brooke Weber. Nothing? Okay. Doesn't ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay. So Jeffrey Lee Wolf was born on November 29th, 1974 in Texas. No. Always am in the Texas. <laughs> it's not a Texas case, though. <laughs> I, oh, it's not a Texas case. Okay. I was going to say, how is it that, like, you like Texas, so you'll pick them, but then, like, randomly, because we, like, just alternate who gets suggestions, and that if you randomly got a Texas case, that would just be... <laughs> crazy. I have <laughs> randomly gotten Texas cases though, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is not a Texas case, but it does start out in Texas because Jeffrey is from Texas and he is described as an all-American boy. He loved dogs and football and motorcycles and pretty women, according to mm-hmm. his dad. <laughs> he had long curly black hair, long, like really long hair, big smile, And in 1996, when Jeffrey was 21 years old, he met a pretty young lady named Brooke Weber. Brooke was 18, and she had just graduated from high school in Texas. And she's a cute little blonde thing. She had a really bubbly personality, and she and Jeffrey had a lot of fun together. So, Jeffrey. Jeffrey was a bit of a young man about town. And it's not quite clear what he did for work officially, but we do know that he was involved in the selling of marijuana. Oh, okay. So this is the mid-90s. And I don't know if you remember what things were like in the mid-90s, but there was a huge rise in pot smoking in Mm -hmm. the 90s. We had, you know, bands like Sublime and... Cypress oh, Hill, God, my favorite, and yes. <laughs> the movie Friday came out in the mid nineties. So, like, none yes. of us can really forget that vibe. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we're at. We're in the mid nineties in that vibe. And Jeffrey was apparently pretty successful in this little side hustle of his. Jeffrey had a friend named Timothy Milano in Texas, and they were both the same age. They were both twenty one. They hung out together, smoked pot together, 
Jeffrey would sell Timothy weed. And Timothy thought that it might be a good idea for Jeffrey to expand his business. And he put him in touch with his brother-in-law, Gary Simmons, in Mississippi. Oh, okay. Okay, so Gary is 33. He has kids. He lives in Creole, Mississippi, and he was a butcher at a grocery store. So like the deli guy, but he was the one who Mm -hmm. dealt with the meat and like the butcher. And it's not super clear 100% how this went down, but based on what I read, this is what I think happened. I think that Gary was going to start selling marijuana for Jeffrey in Mississippi. And then he would take a cut of the profits. So it's like still. Oh, ex- okay. So he was going to work for Jeffrey. In other okay. Ways. I When you said expand, I didn't know if he was going to expand by like selling something different. So no, just expand his area of Right. So selling. from Texas okay. now to Mississippi. So Gary was kind of like sort of be like a partner kind of thing or whatever, but still work for Jeff. Again, this is not confirmed in anything. It's not even super talked about it. This is just me speculating based on what I've read and putting things together. So this is what I think was going on. Okay. So we have Jeffrey, we have his girlfriend, Brooke, and we have the friend Timothy all in Texas. And then we have Timothy's brother-in-law, Gary in Mississippi. Okay. So there we go. There's all the players. So apparently this little partnership with Gary down in Mississippi at some point went sideways And Gary was, I don't know, not holding up his end of the deal, maybe, or I don't know what exactly happened. But by 1996, he owed Jeffrey quite a bit of money. It's estimated that it was between $12,000 and $20,000. Oh, whoa. Again, not confirmed, just what I'm Mm -hmm. piecing together. But either way, it's a lot of money. It's not good. Mm -hmm. So Jeffrey is super upset about this, obviously, and, you know, is in a big fight with Gary about it. And so he gets this note from Gary where Gary is telling him like, look, okay, I want to square up. I want to square up on everything that I owe you. I want to make it right. And he invited Jeffrey to come down to his house in in Mississippi to get his money, okay. essentially. So one day in August, Jeffrey told his dad that he and Brooke were going to make a trip down to Mississippi for a little vacay and to see a man about some money that he owed him. So he and Brooke packed up and took off driving from Texas to Mississippi, and they got there on August 13th, and they headed over to Gary's house. So it was nighttime when they got there, and Gary was sitting on the front steps waiting for them. So he was, Hmm. like, ready, like... Mm -hmm. I've been waiting for you. Come on. So they go inside the house and Brooke like sits down at the table and is doing something at the table. And the men were talking business. You know, they weren't arguing. They weren't fighting. They were just talking about like, look, this is the situation. We got the money situation. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Brooke hears gunshots. She looks up. And Jeffrey falls. He's like standing sort of in front of her, but across the table. And so she hears these gunshots. She looks up. He falls. And behind him, she sees Timothy holding a 22 caliber rifle. So Timothy Whoa. remembers the friend from Texas. So up until that point, they didn't even know Timothy was there. Right. So he shot Jeffrey. 
So what? Brooks, <laughs> right. So she, mm-hmm. Like they didn't even know he was there. I mean, they knew they were there about some money related to drugs. So, like it's not super safe scenario, but like what? So she starts freaking out, as you can imagine. And Gary grabs her and takes her to a back bedroom ties her hands behind her back and shoves her into a metal box. What? Uh-huh. A metal box. Um, okay. So it's described, I had to look and look for this forever cuz I'm like, what do you mean a metal box? Like what does that mean? Some places that I saw it was described as a footlocker. I don't know what that means. In other places, in most places, it's described as like an army surplus box. Okay. So I think you can picture that a little bit. It's almost like a chest, but just I was just going to say, I was, yeah, like picturing something at the end of my bed, but a metal box. <laughs> exactly. Being, That's yeah. very similar to what it was. And it has a lock on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's your trigger. So Brooke is locked in this box and she can hear Gary and Timothy like scuffling around doing stuff for hours, she thinks. She hears them discussing how they are cutting up Jeffrey's body and how there's so much blood and it's going to take him so long to clean it up. At some point, Gary comes and he gets Brooke out of the box and she remembers like him opening the lid and she got this like super strong smell of bleach And she was told that her life was now going to depend on how she performed sexually. Shut up. So Gary then forces her down. He rapes her. He puts her back in the box, nude, locks it back up. And this goes on and on. She has no idea how long she is actually in the box. She was terrified, naked, being held prisoner, raped. Gosh, how awful. Awful. All while Jeffrey's body, she has no clue what's even going on with him. Like, I mean, she assumes he's dead, but she has no idea what they've done with him. Mm-hmm. So at some point, things seem to go quiet in the house, and which happens, you know, several times mm-hmm. over the course of however long this was. But she hears the phone ringing. And it's so we're this is the 90s. We're talking about like a house phone. Right, And it's ringing and ringing and ringing and no one's picking up and she can hear it ringing and no, there are no footsteps, nothing. So she realizes that she is most likely in the house by herself. Mm. So this 18-year-old girl, superwoman, starts kicking and banging and like pushing on the top of the lid of the box and somehow breaks the lock and gets out. She escapes. Talk about when your adrenaline kicks in in moments like that to be able to bust open a metal box with a lock on it. Yes, exactly. It's crazy. So she grabs some clothes and she runs to a nearby house and is banging on the door asking for help. The neighbors call the police and they dispatch officers to the home to see what's going on. As they're waiting for the cops to come, they're like standing in, in their house and she can see Gary's house from across the road out the window he comes home he goes in the house and is in there for like a minute and then runs back outside and jumps in his car and speeds away because he realizes she's gone he he realized that she had escaped and was gone so Mm. I know can you imagine being across the street having just escaped and him he pulls in and the police are like not there yet oh my gosh like right talk about 
terrifying. Okay, so Brooke tells the police the entire story. She talk, tells them about the money. She tells them about Timothy shooting Jeffrey and what she heard Gary and him talking about as far as like disposing his body. She tells them about the box and she tells them how she was assaulted by Gary. And the police are like, all right, you're sure it's that house? And she's like, I'm sure it's that house. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So that was a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a lot. We've come from mm-hmm. Texas. We came to Mississippi. Now we have one person dead and one person who was locked in a box, repeatedly raped, and has now escaped. And and his friend was involved in all this. Right. So we're going to process and take a break. And I'm going to come back and tell you the rest of the story. Okay, so police search Gary's house. They discover blood and they discover the 22 caliber rifle that Brooke reported seeing. There's a strong smell of bleach and they can see areas that have been clearly wiped down and pristinely clean, you know? And I was thinking about this when I was doing research, the research on this case. There are so many stories where police are like, well, somebody definitely was killed here because there's just this one spot or this one room that's really clean. So, like, not that I want to give tips to anybody, but, like, maybe clean the whole house. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, like, because if they if the house is a pigsty, but it's, like, there's one bathroom that's, like, super clean, like, they're going to know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. And is there a way to get bleach smell out? Because I feel like that's the also the giveaway. Like, your house smells like bleach. Oh, you must have murdered somebody and cleaned up the blood. <laughs> like, Right. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, they also find the box. And they find the lock they, that's broken, by the way, by the super, mm-hmm. super girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. They determined that Jeffrey's body had been cut up and dismembered in the bathtub with knives that Gary had taken from work. Remember, yep. Gary is a butcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they also find outside of Gary's house a boat, like a small fishing boat. And there is blood in the fishing boat. They can see blood in the fishing boat. So it turns out that Gary had asked a neighbor if he could borrow the boat to go fishing in the bayou. Bayou. Mm-hmm. Bayou. 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 That's what I said. Okay. Nearby. So investigators immediately go out there to the bayou. And right away, they start finding pieces of body parts. Um, is this the, like, uh, the inspiration for Dexter? Oh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> like, come on. You cut him up. This happens I mean, a lot. People do this And then a took lot. him on a boat and dumped him. That was Dexter's MO. <laughs> we just did a case recently where the same thing happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, didn't we mention this then, too? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we it's, did. yeah. I don't know. It's very weird. Well, because in that case, one person, a, per, a party in that case was an actress on Dexter, Dexter remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. It was the Lara actress. Okay. okay. So this is gruesome to talk about. It's always gruesome when we talk about dismemberment, but it is an important part of the story. When I say they found pieces of body parts, like I literally mean pieces because Jeffrey's remains were cut up into three by five pound pieces of meat. My lord. Like a butcher. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ooh. 
<laughs> so they were scattered everywhere. And it was extremely tedious and time-consuming, as you can imagine. These are extremely small pieces. Um, but they were able to recover 80% of Jeffrey's remains, which is pretty amazing. It's reported that Jeffrey weighed 177 pounds and that they recovered 115 pounds of his body. Oh, my, oh okay. Yes. Wow, that's very specific. It's very detailed, the reports. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they determined that Jeffrey had been shot seven times in the back. And twice in the chest. Did she hear those gunshots? She reported, I think, that she heard at least four or five. Okay. So she definitely heard multiple gunshots, yes. Okay. The bullet casings were found in his remains, and they did match the gun that was found in Gary's house. Brooke was actually asked to identify Jeffrey's remains because she was the only person in Mississippi. Gosh. So this poor thing, she's so strong. So Timothy, the friend, they find right away. He's at his apartment nearby and they arrest him and they charge him with first degree murder. But they aren't able to find Gary. So they start a nationwide manhunt looking for him. Hmm. It turns out that Gary drove to Mobile, Alabama which is like only about 30 some miles away from where he lives. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different state, but it's not mm-hmm. far. And that's where his ex-wife and his children live. So he okay. had driven there. This is bananas. Okay. He drove there and he went to a local mall, like a shopping mall. Okay. So back in the nineties, there were these places in the mall that you could go to and pay money and make your own videos. We did not have this at our shopping mall, but I looked it up and it was a thing. It was almost like, you know how there was the glamour shots where you could go and Mm -hmm. pay money and get all dressed up and get your picture taken? It was sort of like that, but it was videos. We had this place um, and it was at an amusement park where you could go in and do that, but it would be like a music video. So you'd pick a song and you'd like sing to it or like lip sync and dance and whatever. So those were the places that I found when I was looking it up. But apparently you could make any type of video that you wanted. Oh, okay. So he, this is what he does. He goes to one of these places and makes a video. He's sitting on a stool. He has a blue background and he just fully confesses to everything. He confesses to Jeffrey. He confesses to Brooke. He apologizes to his ex-wife and his children. He says things like when he's talking about Jeffrey's murder, he says things like, oh, it wasn't supposed to go like that. I didn't. I don't really know what to tell you. It's just I didn't have a choice. It wasn't supposed to happen that way, but that's just what happened. And he talks about imprisoning Brooke and raping her. And he literally says, that wasn't a good thing to do. Oh, well, duh. I mean, okay. (laughs) One, I have a question. Do these places keep copies of all the videos that people make? Or do you make the video and then you get it and it's yours? And that's the only copy there is. I don't know. Hmm. My guess is they probably make a copy. We have the video. I saw parts of it. So it's not an issue that we don't have it. Right. I just didn't know if, like, he handed it over or, like, they just went to the, like, uh, you know, like, how they got it. Well, I think he handed it over because after he made the video, he called police and said, I want to turn myself in. Here's my confession. 
Oh, so he made it to give to them. Got it. Got it. As one does in the 90s. Yeah. Why? Why? Why did you have to drive to Mobile? And why did you have to make a video? Like, why couldn't you just go to the cops and be like, okay. Right. I'm a I don't know. They're going to make a video it's of it almost anyway. like he wanted – it's like – um. Like he he wanted it to be a spectacle or something or like to I don't know like sensationalize it in some way it's yeah, just so gross weird. and weird yeah he's weird mm-hmm. so police go and get his like sorry patootie and arrest him and charge him with capital murder kidnapping and rape now he goes to prison and it's reported that while he was in prison awaiting trial that he was sending death threats to Brooke. Like saying he was going to kill her and, you know, that he, you know, because she escaped and she's a witness and all this stuff. She's terrified, absolutely terrified of him. Right. Yeah. So 21-year-old Timothy Milano, the friend, goes on trial. Mm -hmm. He's convicted of the first-degree murder of Jeffrey Wolf, and he is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So. Okay. It did come out in his trial. I read some of the transcripts that he does. He did have like mental health issues and was like a heroin addict and stuff like that. Is, Not to excuse that, what he did, but like. Is that why it was second degree? Because why wouldn't it be first degree? Because it oh, seems did I like this second degree. I meant first degree. Okay. Maybe you did and I heard it wrong or did. No, he was I, convicted I of first degree murder. Okay. Okay. So if I said second, I apologize. I did not mean that. I did not. Okay. Well, if you didn't say second, I apologize for interrupting. <laughs> so roll back the tape. <laughs> Who keeps copies of these? Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, so he did. He, he had a drug problem. He had mental health issues. He definitely did not seem to be like the mastermind. He was this twenty-one-year-old kid. You know. He shot somebody. It doesn't matter. You're going to jail. Okay. So in 1997, Gary goes on trial and it came out in during the trial that he also had expected to get a lot of money from Jeffrey, like he was going to rob him. And he thought, oh, man, he's he's a marijuana dealer. He's got 10 grand on him at least. I'm going to steal that, too, while I kill him. And Mm -hmm. but he ended up only having like a thousand dollars. And so I'm sure that was super disappointing for you, Gary. And, um, but it's just, I think it's just, it goes to show that he premeditated this, right? Like he knew he was going to kill him when he came there and rob him. Mm -hmm. And a coworker also testified, uh, at Gary's trial that Gary would occasionally talk about at work, how he had sexual fantasies involving locking, locking women up, which like, why did you have that box? Like, who has a right. metal box with a lock in their house just empty? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's weird. I know. I think it's weird for it to be metal, but I guess, I don't know. Like, people's tastes are different. You know, like, we all – I have a chest at the end of my – yeah. <laughs> at the end of my bed, does it have a lock on it? No. <laughs> well, but, I have one at the metal. end of my bed as well, but it's full of stuff. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to use it spur of the moment right. should there be it's, someone yeah, in my house I would like and... to hold hostage. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah. take no, me a couple no, minutes. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So the great thing about his trial – I mean, it's not great, but – um. Brooke actually testified against him at his trial, which I think is just so brave of her because she, first of all, has been, was held hostage and 
assaulted by this man repeatedly. And then he is sending her death threats saying, like, if you testify against me, I'm going to have you killed. She did it anyway, which I think is truly amazing. She was so young Mm -hmm. and was brave enough to do that. And she actually says that Jeffrey's parents were there in the courtroom and that she was like, I had no idea how I was going to do it. But when I saw his parents, I knew that like it was the right thing to do and I had to do it for him. Right. Unbelievable. So he was unanimously convicted of capital murder, kidnapping and rape and was sentenced to two life sentences for the kidnap and rape of Brooke. And for the murder of Jeffrey, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. Mississippi has a death penalty, I guess. (laughs) They, They did in the 90s. I don't know about now, but I think so. The South. Um, so after the trial, Brooke is obviously still terrified for her life because now she's she's done exactly what he was threatening her not to do. And he was convicted and he's going to die. So she immediately goes into hiding. She changes mm. her name, changes her appearance and doesn't talk publicly about what happened to her or against Gary or anything. So Brooke Weber is not her real name. Mm-hmm. I do know her real name because it's in court records, but I am not going to use it here. I just respect her privacy and she goes by Brooke Weber. And so mm-hmm. that's what yeah. we're going to say. I can't believe that you can even find out her real name. I mean, I guess she's not in witness protection. So it's just. Well, yeah. true. Yes. and uh, But we'll talk about that for a minute um, in, in a sec. So after years of filing appeals, legal filings, whatever, Gary Simmons was executed by the state of Mississippi in June of 2012 by lethal, 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 lethal. <laughs> they executed him. Yep. Got him. Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Interestingly, some people are interested in this. He ordered a really weird last meal that was 29,000 calories. I actually am very interested in – do you really? know what it was? I do. I wrote yeah. it down because I was wondering if you were going to ask. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I look for that stuff, but when people – when it's published, I'm like, wow, that's interesting that they picked that. Well, his <laughs> is strange. Okay, here you go. He got a medium-loaded pizza – from Pizza Hut, and it had mm, all okay. kinds of stuff in it, like just a billion toppings. He got 10 packs of Parmesan cheese and 10 packs of ranch to go on the side okay. with his pizza, mm-hmm. a family-sized bag of Doritos, mm. jalapeno nacho cheese dip, two large strawberry milkshakes, two 20-ounce bottles of Cherry Coke, one large McDonald's fry with ketchup and mayonnaise, and two pints of strawberry ice cream. Wow, he likes strawberry. I don't know how much yeah, he the, ate of the, that. The shakes weren't enough. He needed the I thought the ice same cream thing. Also, I saw you make a face at that ketchup and mayonnaise thing, but have you ever squirted a ketchup and may- mayonnaise packet? I used to do that when I worked at this place called Pudgies, and we used to take the packets and squirt it right on the French fry and eat it. It was so good. <laughs> I don't really like mayonnaise, so... Oh, well, yeah. You got to like mayonnaise. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay. So after Gary's execution, Brooke felt safe enough to come forward and tell her story. So I think that is now why her name is more public than it was. In 2017, she actually participated in a documentary, which I believe is the one that our listener Stacy watched that stuck with her. I watched it. It's very good. She is an amazing human. 
Mm. truly. It's called The Box and it's on Investigation Discovery and it's in the show notes. If anyone's interested in watching it or you can message me and I can find it for you. Um, She did go on to get married and have children and like move on with her life. Obviously, she still suffers from PTSD and she has, you know, survivor's guilt as well. Mm -hmm. Wondering, you know, why him and not her kind of thing. And she does say in the documentary, which I think is, um, it's just a really interesting, powerful thing. She said that, you know, some days she's a survivor and some days she is just still a victim. So Mm -hmm. I think it really goes to show like how these are, these, the ripple effects of things like this Mm -hmm. just don't ever end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just learning to live with it is so hard and probably such a cyclical thing. So, but she's super awesome and brave. Um, she, I loved this. I just wanted to say this in the documentary when she was talking about how she was able to escape from the box. She said, this is a direct quote. I'm a country girl. You can't get me with some knots and they tied a shit knot. (laughs) I was like, yes, girl. (laughs) I love that. So this is still known as one of the most gruesome crimes in Jackson County, Mississippi. And Gary Simmons has been referred to as the Jackson County Butcher. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that is the story of Jeffrey Wolf and Brooke Weber. That was a doozy. That took us places. It did. We were in some places today. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am loving that Brooke was a badass. Yes, she was. Yes, she still so, is. She is right, awesome. Yes. 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 I like that. I love that she went on to, you know, get married, have kids, and, you know, for the most part, live her, a normal life, right. clearly dealing with mental issues and whatnot. And I'm glad um, that she feels safe enough now to tell her story yes. because I can imagine that that would be very, I would hope for her that that's therapeutic. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I need to go watch the box. I feel like I've seen that one or so, you know, like scrolling through looking for other ones that I feel like I remember seeing something called the box, but maybe, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I'll have to watch that one because yeah, it's yeah, excellent. I like to it's, watch it's, it's good. <laughs> so cool. Wow. Mississippi. Have we even been in Mississippi? I don't no, know. Right? We have now. So. Yeah. We won't ah. forget you, Mississippi. Thanks for that doing the actually, right thing. <laughs> we should um we should get a map and like track all the states that we've done stories in and in countries. Yeah. Because clearly we've expanded recently. We can um, get one of those just, maps, just hang it in the closet and put little pins in every city yeah. that we've been in. Yeah. And then even like when we, because we have not, we're not running short of case suggestions, by the way. I'm not even saying that we are, but if, if and when we ever run short, we can be like, hey, anybody got one in South Dakota that you can send our way? <laughs> for real. <laughs> or then start looking for like specific ones so that we can see if we can cover everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a fun idea. I like it. <laughs> so anyway, well, thanks for letting us, um, hear that story or telling us that story and thanks Stacy mm-hmm. right for yes. suggesting it that's another again the listeners don't disappoint nope they find ones that are off our radar and end up being doozies yes this one definitely. right up our alley yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh well don't sell marijuana <laughs> don't trust guys named Gary 
for real. And <laughs> make Brooke your friend. Mm-hmm. Be like Brooke. <laughs> Be like Brooke. And just always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets. <laughs> <laughs>